Welcome to Psych Bros, guys. This is Steve here with Adam. Hey, hey. Ready to give you guys some killer content. Uh, super pumped for you guys to hear what we got in store for you. Welcome, everyone. I hope you enjoy our words of wisdom, our thoughts of praise, and the intellectual conversations we will have. Law of implication. Law of right? implication. Yes, yes. The law that um, one implies the other that essentially... Uh, takes a look at opposites and how um, you cannot have something without its opposite. Is this the same as law of opposites? Is it the same same type of thing? Yeah, and again, a lot of what I know about this um, in terms of understanding, I guess, comes from Alan Watts, an American philosopher from the 1970s, and um, really using it with his experiences with Zen Buddhism and other religions and ways of life and how this idea of gaining enlightenment is um, maybe superficial and what is happening right now in your life in this moment is what is holy, is what is the enlightened experience. And so I'd like to kind of precurse the conversation with that because um, I think that whatever method you take to life, to work, to relationships, you you need to be aware of polarity and how opposites attract or the opposites come with each other. You can't have day without night. You can't have back without front. And, um, right. and so... Right, so I mean, one could argue that the law of implication or the law of opposites is life. Without having opposites, what is there, right? At the end of the day, I mean, you can't have one thing without the other. So it's actually a bigger thing that I feel most people can even fathom. I feel like it's actually, it, I mean, it, this could be so big, it could even kind of be on the way to answering the idea of what is life, if you think about First, it. I mean, it, that's how deep it can go. I think even, even bigger in a way, if you want to think in, in the terms of astronomy, and how the black matter out in the universe, out at the edges of the universe, there's this idea that the universe is the one thing, the thing that's inside. What's the thing outside? What's the thing beyond the black matter that's an opposite to our bubble of this universe? There was a kid who asked, what happens when two black holes collide? It can be almost a portal into time travel, which is freaking crazy, like mind blown black holes combining and colliding and creating time travel like that's just nuts. that is crazy astronomy has always been appealing to me and neil degrasse tyson is an amazing astronomist obviously and um, an amazing person a philosopher um in terms of space when light hits us from millions of light years away it happened millions of years ago and so just the way that time and light um, works in the universe um time travel is available it's just do we have the ability to make it happen and that's a whole nother conversation on its own <laughs> the first thing i just want to point out is, is how you can go from talking about two things being opposites <laughs> like black and white or or loud and, and quiet to black holes and time travel just that connection but you're right that is a whole nother conversation um in itself but i think the the fact that opposites attracting and having opposites in general um it can't answer the question of what is everything like opposites on a smaller level 
and how it can play a role in everyday life. Right. I mean, what do you think about I, that? I definitely think we need to, yeah, pan it down. And whether we're talking about life versus death or we're talking about um, <laughs> how we feel, oftentimes, let's take, for example, when we see social media or something that we desire, that we want, as though we don't have it, as though the grass is greener on the other side. And then we oftentimes have to remind ourselves that, we are desiring what we do not have. And if you continue that cycle, that can be a negative cycle and reminding that ourselves that our lawn is green and luscious, that um, we don't need that other way of life that we see. So I think oftentimes when we make decisions, it's yes or no, right or wrong. And I think that's probably where most of the conversation can go in terms of law of implication, like what's right, what's wrong, and um, how do you decide that? And um, and I think the use of the law of implication is to be able to argue something um, as being right, but also as being wrong based on context and based on yeah, context. So if someone thinks that they are right, that they are solidified on an answer to a solution to the world's problem, um, is it is it right or is it right within context? Right. right. And and uh, I guess the thing to look at is, is everything, <clears throat> like you said, in society, like today, you know, are you happy? Are you happy? Are you sad? Is your is your lawn greener than the other person? And knowing that it seems to me, and this is just my take on things, but right now in this current state of our of our social you know world, um, everything is right or wrong, like you said, or everything is greener on this side than that side. But what what I feel like most people aren't talking about, and what hasn't been talked about, is what about on the fence? What about in that gray area? What about between the two? And I think that's where that's where life gets really complicated. Is is it? But it's also a way that you can look at both sides of the story and you can you can run and you can have uh, fruitful conversations by playing around in that gray area and seeing both sides and then not necessarily landing on one side or another, but being able to stay in that middle area and know, okay, life might be great where I'm at. It might be great where they're at. But right here in the middle is also a really good place as well. Yeah, I think finding middle ground uh, is the, you know, the true point of understanding of both sides of an argument. And I think you do need to be able to see and hear both sides of an argument to find that middle ground. You have to understand those that are in opposition to you and you need to be open to hearing that and accepting that the possibilities of that are real. And I think bringing this into focus with more concrete examples can help uh, expand this conversation that, um, and I mean, we may or may not want to go in terms of politics and, um, no, I mean, let's, let's do it though. Yeah. Cause, cause that's a great segue here into this conversation is because you're right. Politics, I feel like is a good example as to people that may take one side or the other, and not be able to see that. Right. Oftentimes you hear people with their conservative viewpoint, they oftentimes just ease to make fun of Democrats or find ways to pinpoint and say what's wrong and they're right. And vice versa, Democrats um, and maybe even correlationally 
young people saying how older people's beliefs are old, past due, corrupt, whatever it may be. Um, and it, it, in, in politics, obviously, many people feel as though they have to pick a side. You don't have to pick a side. I think that's the, the biggest thing. And that's what I wish most people understood is to find out where you want to land. You have to know what you stand for as a person. So what you find out, you can't be super loyal to one politician based on their views, but you have to be loyal to them based on your views. When we, when we have extreme standpoints of right versus wrong, we we don't have that middle ground but then you now blur into this realm of well some things have to be right and some things have to be wrong and that's fine and we have those basic moral principles those values that run our life and we know what's right and what's wrong and that's that law of implication and that's what shows up there this idea of implication is very relevant in everyday life i mean we all use it we don't know we use it looking at that and saying why does it have to be that why can't i be happy here in where i'm at on my side of the fence and that's a hard thing to grasp it's a hard thing to understand and even to come to terms yeah. with knowing it is that you truly will make you happy and what you truly want and what you can obtain and how hard are you working to obtain something that may be not necessarily going to provide you the happiness you know, if you have the easiness of of affording a bachelor pad, a indoor pool, a a sauna, you know, a hot tub, you name it, whatever it is, a beach house that that will provide you that level of happiness, then obviously I don't think that's necessarily bad. And I think it's the same thing for some people who um, who on a smaller scale buy a bigger TV or buy a more comfortable couch to enjoy their life. I think what's important is in that grand in that kind of scheme of things is be aware of what makes you happy, what what um, what you think is right and wrong, and paying attention to that, and, and and not just desiring what you don't have because you don't have it. Even back to um, Karl Marx, he he did a lot of stuff on um, on a lot of opposites and all this stuff. That is cool. I would have to. Cool. I would love to look into that more because I know that. <laughs> He has some writings, and I know that he's, you know, known for Marxism, which led to, I guess, this idea of socialism. I believe it was an economical standpoint, not a governmental standpoint. It's interesting. It's interesting. He talks about selfishness and altruism, humbleness and pride, and all of these different, um, obviously, opposites that he compares the two. Um, and it just made me think of, like, real quick, it's, it, it, it's, this is a deep topic, too, um, but what are all these things? These are just things that have been made up by by us. They're they're words that have been made up, and it's like if they if those words weren't made up, it makes you wonder if you would still have. Obviously, you still have stereotypical um, ideas of which one person might be over another. But would it be as big of a thing if they weren't made? Kind of like time. I like to equate it to like time. Time is a made up thing by man that is not necessary to be alive. I mean. At the end of the day, it's literally a clock in hand, but people use it so, like, uh, so they, they, every day, it's a huge part of their life, right? It tells you when to wake up, when to go to sleep, when to go to work. It's just crazy how much a man-made thing or a man-made ideology can control yeah, your life so I think the so tangible much. component of time in terms of following it down to the second 
or further love more is is maybe maybe monotonous maybe beneficial to society and societal growth and civilization expansion but i don't i, I would i guess i would say that time is is congruent with space the time space continuum how the universe works and by saying that um the possibility of time not worrying about time in terms of living would be very similar to not worrying about space in terms of living and why would we expand why would we grow because of course even if we didn't have the clock we'd still follow the way of the world the way of the, the mysticism of life night and day wake sleep art it's true and, and i think i think you're right i think that's where it comes from is, is space um, and back, I guess nowadays it's a lot different than it ever was, you know, pre-technology. So pre, pre-lighting, you know, pre-electricity, you had to work off time because you had to work yeah. off, like you just said, day and night. You didn't have flashlights. You might have had torches running around the wilderness or whatever, but you didn't have lights, so you can't. But nowadays, it's funny because we still use the same idea of time, yet there's no necessary reason to we have this world that we could very easily live i mean people some people do it but we could live at night as just as much as we could live during the day and i feel like it's still as advanced as we this are this is we don't where we kind of can draw this connection and it's interesting because this idea of what's right and what's wrong and how it plays into society in so many different ways and let's take for example sleeping during the night and being awake during the day now with electricity and being able to sleep and wake whenever and if you're not on a rhythm well a what is your rhythm going to be are you going to sleep during the day or during the night b are you going to have a consistent rhythm and if not how are you going to feel um in order or within order of life and it's very similar to and i'd love to bring the connection to the non-binary notion of gender uh we have male female for sex and then we have men and women for gender and then we have more genders lbgtq plus and this idea that of course we can live with this and of course i don't have anything against people for feeling the way they feel but once we start to break down that line of right and wrong male and female we might find ourselves further away from what's right and what's wrong when it's no longer binary. Wow. For sure. I never never really thought of it that way, but but you're right. That's a great connection. And and you're not and like you just said, you're not necessarily saying necessarily saying there's anything wrong with it by any means. Obviously yeah. you want people to feel the way they feel. Um, and to be feel accepted and to feel like they're in a safe place regardless of what how they feel internally but that all being said you it might complicate things as to where where our guess our final best what is the final destination you know, where do we want to get to and what's that look like i guess that's the question for me is is what happens when when this stuff changes or goes or where is it going i guess i don't know because i'm not I, personally and like I said, it's okay, whoever it is, but I'm not someone to to question that whole topic. You know, I don't question that idea of myself, but I feel the for terms of identity. Yeah, when they question their identity and try to figure that out, I yeah. do 
I, I agree it's got to be a tough circumstance and I feel for those people um, and of course we go through times in our life when we we are discovering our identity in multiple different ways and facets of our identity you know um, how is it that we're being men or adults um, mature you name it and um, with the way of life moving forward I, I think about how back in the day let's take 50s 60s and there were movies that showed what the future would look like and oftentimes we can draw connections with our future our present to that future as being displayed in the 1950s 60s in the past and how we're seeing the future in movies today and how much our future will look like those movies and um thinking new york city you know big screen lights everywhere and all these major major cities maybe cars flying um i i think about the chaos that might progress and finding its way further away from order or society finding its way further away from order right right i mean because the ultimate goal and, and i i mean i think it's the ultimate goal i don't necessarily know because who really knows what the ultimate goal of this whole thing is no one really knows what where we want to be but i would like to think that the ultimate goal would be to be peaceful and oh, happy yeah. for all on earth right i mean that will but you know what's sad is there's always the opposite and like you know we're bringing that kind of background is you always have that opposite of how how i feel you have individuals who feel what would make them happy would be the opposite of peace which would be that i feel like against the majority of the population but unfortunately that will always be there and that will always throw you know a little bit yeah of a stick and this conversation the, the can situation. very easily flow into christianity which might be a topic we'll talk about and how you could think about some of these ideas in terms of a christian belief whether and you could take that in multiple ways, whether you're thinking of a progressive Christian uh, ideal or a, or a conservative Christian ideal of the world and of the Bible and of the word. And um, that idea that heaven versus hell or heaven versus the earth, the earth being chaos where there's no peace until you die. You know, oh, life, death, so right. peace, chaos. Do you think earth could be considered that middle ground? <laughs> I mean, life as we know right now. I, that, I would love to entertain the idea opposite. that other than hell, we have earth and we have heaven and earth and God put us here to <clears throat> suffer, to live, to go through what our experiences may be. And if we do right by that, then maybe we go to heaven. And if we don't, then I don't know, maybe reincarnation, maybe pure death and absolute solitude of nothingness, maybe, maybe hell, maybe something along those lines asking these questions for how for as long as we know and there's been but nobody really knows what the answer is going to be and maybe having these discussions like other things in in society uh having discussions about can improve not only you know obviously we'll never know the answer until it happens but we will know maybe we can become come more to terms with the current situation or we can try to yeah change right it definitely to the better yeah all right, guys. Well, thanks for listening to the podcast. I mean, we went from everything from politics to life and death. 
to everything you can think of. Um, and this is going to be how the podcast is going to be. I mean, you're going to join us on this adventure that, like I said, there's no script. There's no direction that we're going. We're talking to great friends. We've known each other forever, talking about pretty much anything you think of and different different thoughts behind it and different ideas. And we want you to join us and listen to our conversation. We're just basically having fun and trying to have a good time. And maybe we'll get somewhere and maybe we can have a positive impact on one exactly. of your lives. Exactly. Definitely tune into the these conversations else. and take what you can from them.